it was just all, it all kind of came crashing down. And I realized that if I wanted to get out, if I wanted to provide a better life for my son, I need to get out now. Like, and I need to get out as fast as possible. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work, put in the hours and take what's ours. Welcome to the Action Takers podcast. I am your co-host, Nate. We got another special episode for you this week. Uh, this week, we're interviewing JC in our part two series of Get to Know the Co-Hosts. JC, how's it going? It's uh, dude, it's a unique world out there, and uh, it's it's been uh, it's been it's been an interesting week. I'm I'm excited for this podcast. I was a little nervous about this podcast. I've been thinking about this podcast and what the hell I was gonna say, and uh, just doing a lot of reflecting to say the least. So I'm 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 doing I'm, I'm about a nine out of ten to say the least. Oh, that's good. You know, uh, weird weeks happen. Uh, it seems like they happen more and more these days, just because there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're uh, reflecting because you know I'm going to be asking the hard hitting questions. You know, it's, it's going to be uh, going to be that uh, interview style. You know, not uh, not let you get away with anything. <laughs> well, that's that's exciting. <laughs> this is going to be a real Tucker Carlson version, huh? That's, that's what I'm excited about. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it. That's how we do. We don't mess around. It, uh, so how how do we how do we start this? This is always this is always kind of uh, yeah. awkward. No, I we'll just get into it. I mean, let, let's 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 just let's get to know JC. Kind of like how you started it last week. What 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 was a pre eighteen year old JC? You know what what was growing up uh, life like for you? Oh, it's uh it was a it's a beautiful story. It um I grew up in this very very small community of uh, in Northern California in between Sacramento and South Lake Tahoe. It, I was in the like lower middle class. I grew up in a trailer. Okay, it was a double wide, big fancy trailer, and uh, then we moved to like a city, which was kind of weird when I was like, like eleven, twelve years old, and I was kind of introduced to, I don't want to say entrepreneurship, but it, just like the going out and trying to make like money. It was I was surrounded by not wealthy people, but like people who clearly had had a little bit of wealth and a little bit of money. And that was a, a unique aspect of my life that I'd never seen because I had grown up in kind of that, you know, lower middle class environment for so many years. And, you know, we went out and played in the dirt, rode bikes, uh, played football, you know, did all those things as, as a younger kid. And then as I kind of grew up, I started really getting into, I liked making money, which was weird. And then I also had another addiction, which was which was football. I had this giant dream of going to the NFL. And uh, that was pretty much the two things that I really worked on was was playing football, anything involved in football, and then moved into kind of that entrepreneurship kind of on accident because I was trying to keep up with some of the people in the neighborhood, you know, and, and you look around and people got nice shit and, you, you know, you're looking at your bike and you're like, fuck, like what, how do I get a new bike? You know, and I, I would go to my dad who had this kind of this, this weird crafty entrepreneurial spirit and uh, he's like, listen, go ask your grandma if you can cut her lawn. And I'm like, well, wh- when will I have time to do that? He goes, wh- what the hell do you do on Saturday mornings? And I'm like, well, I-, I guess I can. I can get up a little earlier and hike my ass over there, you know, 5, 10, 15-minute jogger over there and, and cut her grass. And so um, then moving on, kind of went into, you know, high school. I was a pretty pretty shitty student, uh, to say the least. I was you know, uh, on, on paper, sometimes it looked like I was like a, you know, 3.0 student, but in reality I was like a 2.0 student cause I just had a good personality and, 
and I was well liked to say the least with the teachers. And I didn't realize this, but teachers could just give you grades that you didn't deserve. So I, you know, ventured through high school and kind of slacked off and snowboarded and played football and worked out and, and, and kind of had these weird odd jobs. And then, you know, went off to, uh, you know, onto my career of playing football, uh, at a, uh, at a college level for one year until, well, I ran out of money. So what, what, cause so you were cutting lawn. Was there anything else that you were doing, uh, to, to make this, to make money, you know, as, as a teenager <laughs> and, and get starting your, your entrepreneurial journey? Well, Nate, to be very, very honest with you, this is the most awkward conversation because I have to talk about myself, which I, this is one of the things that like, I have the huge anxiety about. This is people would, I would go into interviews and people like, what the hell are you doing? Like in the middle of the interview, they'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, why don't you tell me about you? Like about you, you keep talking about everyone else. Like, why don't you talk about yourself? So growing up, um, Dude, I did all kinds of shit. It like when I was really, really young, I saw this one kid uh, selling those like rock hard candy. They were like Airhead, not Airheads. They were the the shock Airheads, maybe. They were like rock candy, and they were the, like oh super yeah, sour warheads. They, they were okay. warheads, right? So okay. I saw this kid at the bus stop selling warheads, and I come home and I'm like, "Daddy, you need to take me to the grocery store." And he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I'm like. I saw this kid selling warheads and all I need is like two bucks to buy a pack. And then I can turn around and like sell them for like 50 cents a piece. And he's like, okay. And he, he drove me to the store and that was like one of my first like hustles. And that was like six, seven years old till the teacher called my parents were like, listen, you, your kid can't be hawking candy at the fucking bus stop. You know, I get it. He shows up 30 minutes early. He's got these little baggies and you know, my <laughs> parents freaked out. I'm like, they're warheads. Like they're just sour candy. Like chill out. So I did that for like a year or two. And then um, I always like my entrepreneurial journey always followed like the shit I wanted to buy. So like I really wanted nice clothes. I always wanted like nice shoes. I wanted nice clothes and I wanted to kind of like be on the trend. I didn't want to shop at Payless or Walmart and have those fucking shoes that light up. I wanted like a set of Nikes, which back then, you know, I'm 35 now. This is, you know, fucking 25 years ago. Um like Nikes were a big deal. Like it, Michael Jordan was out and like even the Reeboks with the pumps, like these were all things that like I thought were fucking cool. And I saw, you know, my heroes, you know, wearing these items. And so I did all kinds, like I would cut lawns a lot. Um, that was really easy money just because people were like, look at this little kid. He's tiny, but he's like older and he's pushing this lawnmower and they'd pay me all kinds of money to do that. I would do odd things like, um, uh, what was the other thing that I did? It, I would like, uh, I would help my dad repaint, uh, hard hats, you know, like construction worker, hard hats. He would pay me a couple bucks to like help him repaint them. And then he would take them to like an Oakland Raiders game and like flip them. And like it, it that was great money. But then, um, I got into, uh, so when I was playing football, one of the big things about football is on Friday night, you have kind of your outro, your intro music, right? The, the music that you get presented on the field. And I loved music. I loved the idea of like some outside source being able to like pump yourself up. And I was like, well, how the hell do you do that? Like they'd have these, all these cool mixes and like, it just intrigued me. So for like the last like four years of like high school, I was a fucking DJ, dude. I, I was like a you know, 16 year old birthday, you know, girls freaking DJ. And I did that for four years. That was one of the, one of the coolest jobs I ever had. It was like one of my very first, like legit businesses that I made significant amount of money, which in turn, you know, I bought dumb shit like, you know, 
I would buy cigars for whatever reason at 16 years old. I thought that was cool to smoke cigars. Um, I would buy cool shoes, clothes. You know, I had a nice car. I had rims on my car. I had freaking, I just blew all my money on dumb shit, which was, which was fun. And so those are a couple of my like kind of side hustle things that I, I did in my, my younger years that kind of laid the, laid the pavement for, you know, uh, the, the next, you know, the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my life. Awesome. Cool. I mean, the candy thing, that's still a thing today uh, of all. uh, I don't know how many kids are still mowing lawns, but I still, when you go to the store, sometimes you'll see kids out there selling candy bars or whatever. Uh, So selling candy, I I don't think has gone out of style. So that's, that's one. uh, Dude, the flip market, man. You talked about flipping like garage sale stuff. I was flipping like off the shelf. These kids were so stupid and lazy. They just didn't figure out that they could just walk down the block and get the same shit for like half the price you know what i mean and it was like supply and demand you know i was the only you, you wanted some candy i got your candy it's right here you know yeah do you want to do you want to get out on you know get out of your house when it's 95 degrees and cut your grass and no, i can do that you know and i went from grandma's lawn to the aunt's lawn to the neighbor's lawn and shit i had a little side business that it would probably make me anywhere from like it would make me like 40 bucks a week and at you know 12 13 14 years old shit you're making you know 160 bucks a month like that's a lot of money, especially back then. Like I, I made way more than, more money than anyone else in my school. So it, uh, some cool lessons there, some things that, you know, I learned from and, you know, how to, how to deal with customers and how to acquire other customers <laughs> and, uh, just being a nice kid with a lawnmower and just, you know, Hey, do you want to cut it or I can cut it for like five bucks, you know? And, you know, <laughs> people are like five bucks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but that's, that's kind of the way it went. Oh man, that's, that's awesome. And it's, uh, when obviously it got you going with everything. Um, so college football, uh, doing that, you said you ran out of money. What, what, while you're doing, I mean, what was kind of your first, I guess, uh, adult real job? I mean, what, what, what got you started once you kind of gone to college and out of high school? What were you, what were you doing then? Well, so before, before I went to college, I, I DJed for most of my high school life, but I also did these I also had these like real jobs. So I would like, uh, when I was 16, when I got a car, I bought my first car, I, uh, worked at a lake. So on Saturday and Sunday mornings, because our Saturday and Sunday afternoons, I figured like, wow, I'm my entire focus is football. So my entire goal throughout, you know, you know, elementary, junior high school, high school was to go play in the NFL. And I knew it was going to take money. And I knew that I was probably, I needed to like go through the necessary steps to get to that level. But so, and I really needed to stay focused. So I didn't really party. I didn't like, I would go and DJ parties, but I wasn't into drinking. If we won a football game, I'd smoke a cigar. But other than that, like I wasn't a big, I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do drugs. I didn't, I didn't like binge drink during the season or even during the off season, maybe like one month after the season ended, I would, I would have a couple of beverages, but it was one of those things that I was so hyper-focused on on putting good things in my body that I needed to be able to train a lot. So one of the jobs I had was I worked at Lake Amador, which was the worst job of my life. It was, I would, I would show up uh, Saturday morning and I would go to football. And then in the afternoon I'd drive down to the lake and I had to, I would scrub dishes. I would rent boats out. I would clean boats. I would, you know, I was a bus boy. I was a waiter. I was their ice cream bitch. I was, you know, if someone needed fuel, I was kind of a jack of all trades. I knew how to like fill up propane tanks at 16. So I did that and I just tried to save up as much money as possible. And when I got into 
when I got into college, I gave everything up. My entire life was football. And because it was pretty much a full-time job, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was Sunday to Tuesday. And, uh, and then from Tuesday to Tuesday, it was more football and it was also school. So I try to focus as much time as I could during that process. Cause that process was one of those things that everyone told me I couldn't do. I was too small. I was too slow. Um, I only played defense in high school. Um, and I was trying to be a slot receiver at a college level where I'd only played at a high school with like 800 kids, which if you're listening to this podcast, the high school my son most likely will go to has 800 kids in his one class. Like his freshman class will have 800 kids. We had 800 kids in our entire high school. So it was an incredibly small program, but I got recruited out of there for a, at a junior college and played with some of the best players uh, in the state of California. We played some of the top ranked, you know, JUCO colleges uh, and JUCO is like a junior college level uh, where a lot of these guys go to a four year university and then get, and get sent back because they get shitty grades or do something stupid. And, uh, I was successful. I was I was very successful. I actually played. Um, I was incredibly smart. Um, I was incredibly physical. I was in probably the best shapes of my of my life. And that dream ended rather quickly when I realized that I ran out of money. And it it was one of those things that football had turned into a job, and it started. It wasn't as fun anymore. And it was one of those things that I had done for like sixteen years of my life. And I was I was at a point where. When you're dead broke and you don't have like enough money to eat and you're sleeping in your car and you're having to borrow money from people, that's a pretty dark place. And I wanted to get out of it as fast as possible. So my college career lasted for about a year and a half. And I, I quickly gave up on that and, uh, you know, took on some other adventures. So like I, I was a car salesman, uh, sold cars for three years. Um, I was a tumbling coach, so I knew how to like teach people to do backflips. So it, for some reason, I got hired doing that. Um, I did what else did I do? I worked at a, like a restaurant, um, and then uh, I, you know, got into. I moved furniture. I refurbished furniture. I did all kinds of weird stuff just to kind of like survive in my early twenties. And when you're, you know, in your early twenties, you don't need a lot of money to live on. And if you can make anywhere from, you know. 18 to $3,000 a month. Like I was kind of the richest guy in the, in the area, you know, which was weird, you know, at, at that young, but it was just because I worked a lot and, uh, I, I busted my ass, but it also gave me the freedom to kind of try out some other different things. I, I did. I tried to be a professional snowboarder, tried to be a professional motocross racer. I've raced arena cross, um, which I don't recommend cause it's, you know, if you have two years of experience, ride a motorcycle or a dirt bike, it, that's not going to go well. I, I was in the hospital several times. Um, and just kind of bounced around into all kinds of different things before I landed into uh, a job that I had for or a career I had for almost 10 years, which was, which was law enforcement, which I started when I was, I think I was 22 when I got into law enforcement. Um, and that's kind of where my life kind of was, was, I don't want to say was sent in the backseat cause I had, a, I learned a lot of things working in law enforcement, but it was one of those things that like kind of, kind of removed me from like my, my dream of being an entrepreneur and, and making lots of money. How, how did you fall into that? I mean, was it just kind of, Hey, here's a job that's going to be consistent, good pay, you know, decent pay and, and, and you just took it or, I mean, what, or was well, there, was there any, any reason why you went that career choice? <laughs> well, so in college I had this dream of having a clothing line. I love clothes. Like for whatever reason, I just, I like t-shirts. I liked adventure. I liked doing crazy shit. So I tried to start this clothing line called try again. 
and it was the it was the idea it was the ideology about you know when you're when you're trying to do something successful you're gonna have many attempts and you just got to try again it's and it was kind of like a reset it was kind of a kind of a skater surfer type brand that I wanted to kind of launch and I started to do that and and this was so ridiculous it everyone's like what the hell is try agent and I'm like no it's try again they're like it's spelled wrong I go I know because I can't afford to have tryagain.com that was already taken you know so I had to spell it t-r-y-a-g-e-n and that kind of fluttered out and died rather quickly because I didn't know what the hell I was doing I didn't I didn't make any money doing I was losing money constantly but uh, I got into law enforcement because it during like when I graduated from high school, it was 2006 and 2006, 2007 was probably one of the most, it was like the, it was the end of the bull market when it comes to real estate. So in 2008 happened, the entire market crashed. So everyone that I thought was super wealthy, that had a bunch of nice shit come to find out they had just, uh, they had just, um, took seconds out on their house and paid cash for a bunch of, ex- bunch of liabilities. So like you saw a catalytic escalate, you know, sitting in their driveway and they'd paid cash for it. And you're like, fuck, like they're rich. Like how the hell did they afford that? Well, they took out a second on their mortgage on you know, one of these like really shitty security backed mortgages. And essentially when, when it all fell through, their house was valued at a million dollars. And all of a sudden it was valued at like $150,000 and the entire market crashed. And I, when I was, in that era of like trying a bunch of shit, selling cars, you know, doing furniture, trying my clothing brand, the entire market crashed. And it was like one of the scariest points in the economic area. And the people who I got my advice from wasn't anyone that was incredibly wealthy. Um, I got it from entrepreneurs who had worked incredibly hard. And it was my grandma and grandpa. They both looked at the economic situation and realized like one of the best jobs you can have right now is a county job. You're going to get a guaranteed paycheck. You're going to get benefits. You're going to get a retirement. And it was highly encouraged to go after that type of career choice. And my father, uh, who had passed away when I was 15 years old, worked in corrections. He was a correction officer for like 20 years. And we always had, we always had food. We always had, we all, my parents always drove somewhat nice cars. We lived in an okay house. Like they always provided for us. They always, we always had we always had enough. And if we wanted the extra things, it was encouraged to go work for it. And that's what I did. But in that avenue, I, I looked at my life. I'm like, shit. Maybe I should go apply for like a county job. So I did. And sure enough, I got called and called in for an interview that I didn't really want. Um, and I got the job. And it was addicting, dude. I loved that career. It was one of those things that you could directly impact the community. But you, in turn, you didn't get paid very well. You had to deal with some of the p- biggest pieces of shit in 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 the world. Um, and I worked in the jail for five years. And then I got highly motivated to become a patrol deputy. And uh, after five years, I went to the police academy and, and got my license to carry a gun and, you know, drive fast and pull people over. And uh, went through that process for five years, became a an operator on the SWAT team. I was a defensive tactics instructor, honor guard member. Um, I did all kinds of things, search and rescue stuff. I've, I've flown from the bottom of helicopters. I've flown into Mexican cartel grows. I've kicked down doors. We've taken down people who've been convicted for murder. We've done, we've done warrant services from San Jose to South Lake Tahoe to way up North done all kinds of cool shit. And I fell into that because during that financial time, it was just, you know, I needed to get a 
what they consider a, a secure job, which is kind of a joke because when you put a bulletproof vest on, you carry a gun, that ain't real secure. Okay, I don't care what your retirement benefits are. I don't care what kind of medical insurance they offer you. It's not a great return. Like it's going to wear on your mental health. It's going to wear on your family. It's going to wear on you personally. And you have a high likelihood of getting shot in the face. And uh, I came to that realization when I was probably, I don't know, 30, 31 years old when I had my son. And uh, things just kind of quickly changed, to say the least. And it's kind of led me to this point here, which I'm, which I'm currently sitting at. So what, I mean, you said your son was born, but what, what, what was that final, um, I guess, deciding factor where, where you did the thing that 99% of people won't do, right? Everyone's comfortable. Everyone's enjoying, not necessarily enjoying what they're doing, but they're just, they're comfortable with their paycheck and whatever. So they won't change. They won't change to go after their dreams to, I mean, you'll talk to every people every day that they, they clearly don't like what they do, but yet they're unwilling to change. Um, I mean, what, what was it for you that got you to say, Hey, I'm going to, not only am I going to, you know, quit this job, I'm going to move across the country and do what I really want to do. I mean, what, what was it that got you to do that? Well, there, there was a couple of situations that happened. I had, before my son uh, was born, I, I used to deal with like stress and anxiety and the shit I saw and the shit I had to deal with. And I've dealt with the worst of the worst. I mean, it's, it's, I could tell you some stories that would just make you cry. I mean, I've, I've, I've sent 12 kids to CPS because they had never seen a doctor or a dentist or been to school or had any education. They'd been running around. They were just inbred. And it was just one of the worst situations in the world. And I, I'm, I'm, a, I used to deal with that pain and, and that like those memories and those visions with alcohol. So I was, I, I was probably an alcoholic to say the least, to be quite honest with the audience and myself. Um, I would, you know, Friday night after work, fucking buy a 30 pack of beer and let's see how fast I can drink it, you know? And, and that was a, a pretty dark period in my life. And when my, my wife and I decided to have a child, I realized that I needed to get out of that life. Um, that was not a healthy choice and it wasn't a healthy atmosphere to bring a child into the world and, and have this father who, you know, worked, you know, 40 to 80 hours a week and worked graveyard and coach football and did all this shit. And, and then would just binge drink on the weekends, you know, um, that probably wasn't the right atmosphere. So I went and got some help. Um, saw a therapist. Uh, I went ahead and, uh, uh, decided to, to remove alcohol from my life. And when my son was born, I, I started looking around and going, how many of these people like actually get to see their kids? Like how many of these people that I work with, like are divorced and it was over like 60, 70%. How many of these people like genuinely are like happy. And I came to realize that not a lot of people in that particular career choice was genuinely enjoyed what they were doing. Like they enjoyed it when they got into it and when they were single and, you know, they didn't have any worries in life and, you know, they could live off, you know, 60, $70,000 a year, you know, living in California and being able to deal with the stresses of the job and be able to, you know, be able to sacrifice time with their family and miss Christmases and Thanksgivings and birthdays and weddings and, it was just all, it all kind of came crashing down. And I realized that if I wanted to get out, if I wanted to provide a better life for my son, I need to get out now. Like, and I need to get out as fast as possible. So my son was bored um, when I turned just after, just before I turned 31. And I, I kind of had this plan of like, 
I wanted to get into real estate because I realized that I bought my first house in 2011 and flipped it in like 2015 and doubled my profit. Then I bought a bigger house, nicer house, more land. And I was like, fuck, if I could flip that and then like cash out and move somewhere, I could pay cash for a house and I could work on whatever the hell I want. I probably, I'd probably need a job, but like I didn't need a lot of money to survive. So I started, you know, listening to these real estate podcasts about how people had retired, um, based on cash flowing assets. And it just intrigued me. It just, it was like, this is so simple. Like who, why the fuck have, why has no one ever taught me this? Like what the hell is going on? Like I look around and everyone's miserable, but they're all like, Oh, you get, you get good benefits and you get to retire at 57 and then probably die at 63 of a heart attack. And I was looking around and I'm like, shit, like this is what I need to be doing. Like this is the life I want to have. So, um, COVID-19 happened in 2020 and, uh, that was the last straw. It was, it was one particular incident that I remember that I go, fuck this. This is not worth the effort or the sacrifice on my mental health, the sacrifice that I make for my family. Like this is not, this is not a good choice. And it came down to, uh, these, these two individuals got into a domestic, this dude tried to kill his girlfriend with a hatchet and, uh, they had a warrant for out for his arrest. He had fled the scene. She had gone to the hospital and, uh, so I, sh- I show up and I'm looking around for this dude. And sure enough, like a week later, I find him. I, I, you know, he's got a hatchet. He has the fucking attempted murder weapon with him. I, you know, pistol point him, put him in handcuffs, or put him under arrest, you know, for attempted murder, call the jail and say, Hey, I'm bringing him in. And sure enough, they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, excuse me. And they're like, what has he had COVID-19? And I'm like, he tried to kill someone. Like I'm taking him to jail. They're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, what the fuck? So the guy had got wind of this and he was like, oh yeah, I went to Seattle and got COVID-19 and you know, I've been spreading around the county and I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like I'm taking him to jail. He attempted murder his girlfriend. Like this is, this is nuts. And sure enough, I had to unhandcuff him, give him the murder weapon or the attempted murder weapon back and let him go. And I go, fuck this. This is not worth it. This is absolutely not worth it. I would rather be dead broke poor working at a fucking regular job and, and being able to spend more time with my son than deal with this nonsense. And with the laws and the, the shit that was going on in California, I just, I came home and told my wife, I go, I think we need to start a business and I think we need to sell everything. And I think we need to invest in real estate. So, uh, May, 2020, we, we sold everything and I jumped in my truck with a trailer full of stuff. And we moved to uh, the state of Georgia where, uh, over the next, you know, two and a half years, we bought as much real estate as possible. And, and, you know, at this moment in time, we're, we're currently traveling full time, um, and have lived in many different places this last year, documenting our experience, uh, on our YouTube channel. So that is kind of, yeah, sped us up to where we're at right now. Man, that, that's, uh, that's a lot. I didn't even know all that. So it's, uh, you know, it was I'm crazy. It's, yeah. it was nuts. It's absolutely, it was <laughs> It like when, when the things like when everything was going on, like I, I was like, I was like a day before I was going to tell our, my supervisors that I was, I was, I was quitting and, uh, I was going to give them a month notice, um, because it was challenging. It was during COVID-19. There was, there wasn't a lot of cops. They had trouble hiring. And I was sitting in the, like the lunchroom briefing area of our sheriff's department. And I'm sitting there eating my lunch before work. And, uh, the sheriff and the undersheriff comes in and sits down. Oh, hello, sir. You know, salute him, do, do whatever you got to do. And they're, they're sitting there talking and I'm just kind of just 
minding my own business, eat my lunch. And they start talking about like career choices. And they simply said, and this wasn't directed to me. They were having a conversation between themselves and they're like, listen, like, I don't think I'd get into law enforcement if I was like 30. And I was like, what? And I, I kind of popped my head up and go, why, why would you not get into law enforcement? I mean, you're the sheriff and you're the under sheriff. Like, what are you talking about? Like you, you don't think you would get into law enforcement at this point in time and you're in, in at 30 years old, like what's going on? And he's like, well, it's just too, like, it's too much liability. Like you could, you know, you, you know, you could essentially arrest someone and then they arrest you for violating someone's rights or you didn't do the proper procedure or, you know, you just let people go because, you know, they commit crimes and the jail doesn't want to accept them. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like I'm 30, I'm 31, 32 years old. Like I'm so young. Like I, I have, I have such a, I have so many more years to like build a business or build a career or build something else. Like why am I continuing down this path? And it, that decision was so simple at that very moment. I was like, if my leadership wouldn't even be in law enforcement right now, why the hell would I be in it? Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> it's nuts. That's not a, that, that's a sign right there. Pretty much. Right. Like it's just, Oh, you just kind of, uh, Helped you make your decision. I, I, would, I would assume, you know, I would. Mean, oh, I was, it, I was sitting there, I'd be like, next oh, day I go, here's this, here's this, here's my letter of resignation. They're like, what? What do you mean? I go, well, you know, you know, read it. It kind of has some of your quotes in there, you know. And yeah. I'm just kidding, but it, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, it was kind of crazy. Man, that, that is, and so all that. I mean, you know, I, I think the big thing, obviously, in law enforcement. I mean, you, you've, you've you learn and gain so much knowledge, right? It's, you've lived a whole life and now you get to start a whole nother life, right? I mean, you, I think that's the biggest thing reflecting too is that you look at your life and like, man, you, you've literally lived different lives to get to where you are right now. And then now, okay, now it's a new chapter. Um, you know, so you've invested in real estate. You guys just res- recently, you know, traveled to, to Bali and, and all around, you know, different places around the world that you guys have gotten to go uh, around the U.S. You know, they said like, what? What's what's next for you? I mean, what what are you looking at now, trying to do? You know, um, going forward. You know, what what are some of your your goals here? Well, it it's it's frustrating because um, I I I took like I don't want to say I took a year off, but it was it was difficult to like because I was I was a cop for a long time. And that's kind of like my it was my identity for many years. Like there was it was a behavior, dude. It was a haircut. It was a it was the way you worked out. It was the way you conducted yourself in the community, the way you operated with kids or your wife or whatever. Like it was this kind of this like lifestyle that I had to, I had to change. And, um, I was, I was sitting back and I was, I was kind of reflecting and I realized during my life and during, especially, especially in the, my, my time at the sheriff's office, about every two to three years, I would change something. And like I went from working in the jail in one particular department and then I moved to a different department. And then a couple of years in, I moved into patrol and then like a, like six months later, I joined the SWAT team. And then a couple, like a year later, I became a defensive tactics instructor and then became an honor guard member. I kept progressing, you know what I mean? And I kept, I kept adding skill sets. And for this next, like for the, like the couple years after I left law enforcement, we, my wife and I really like, spent a lot of time thinking about what our life really wanted to look like and what kind of life we wanted to provide for our son. So we, 
we had this dream of like, we love traveling. Like we love seeing new stuff. We love getting on the plane. We love getting in the truck and we love like experiencing like new cultures and new atmospheres and new weather and having it just, you know, that kind of like that pit in your stomach of like, shit, is is this, is this really happening? Or like, are we going to get kidnapped by the cartel? Like would you know, we, we needed kind of that adrenaline rush and we decided, especially this last year that my wife was going to quit her job and uh, we were going to travel full time. So, um, like I said, we, we spent like this year, we spent time in, uh, Thailand. We spent Thailand, uh, time in Indonesia. We spent time in Mexico. We spent time traveling the United States. And, uh, so the next chapter for us is, is really simple. Like we, we're going to buy, we're going to buy a travel trailer and we're going to hook it up to the truck and we're going to load up all our crap. And, uh, we're going to drive around the United States and we're going to see the, the, you know, the continental 48 States. And, uh, that's kind of the path. And we're, we're going to try and build our, our YouTube channel, kind of documenting our journey. Um, not necessarily as a business, but just as more of a kind of a dot, like documenting our life so that we can kind of look back on it. Kind of like a scrapbook, I guess, uh, except with video. And then, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to continue to invest in real estate. This has been a weird year because of interest rates and the way the market's gone and shit's expensive, but it's expensive to borrow money and all these things. So we, uh, we're going to continue with our real estate business of acquiring cash flowing assets. And then we're, uh, I'm going to, uh, fire up the Aloha press, a business that I had started while I was in law enforcement. And, uh, we're going to give that another go, which is a, uh, we're going to track down the the top 100 public golf courses and try and play them and document that journey. And it kind of ties into our traveling adventures. And then hopefully in the next like couple of years, uh, I'll be worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And uh, I'll be able to buy a yacht and be able to travel around the world on a yacht. So that's kind of that's kind of the future for me. I know it sounds probably batshit crazy, especially with a four year old, um, but that's kind of you know the adventure that we want to have right now. And for us, we we absolutely love traveling. We love experiencing new things, and we love experiencing new cultures, and sometimes just you know getting the the crap scared out of you. I mean, that's awesome. I, I think if you're not. Uh, you know, talking about your dreams or goals and things you want to do that, that doesn't, if it doesn't sound crazy, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not dreaming big enough, right? Like (laughs) it's, it's, you know, like, and for most people, like I, I know that they're going to be like, you know, what what do you mean? You're going to try, now you're going to travel around the U S and not like, like, what are you going to do for money? Like, you know, like, so it's, it's, but I think that, you know, especially documenting it, right? Like everything that you've done, is is giving inspiration to people like to just your average people right that are stuck at their jobs and that don't want to be there and they're they're afraid to quit they're afraid to even just switch to another job not even you don't have to go start your own business but there's people that are just stuck they're, they're i'm not you know like yeah i know i can go do this and make way more money but like oh that's that's risky right like it, it, there's just even that to me is like is you know not that's not even living your life. If you're not even afraid to go to a different job that you, that you know, you'll make more money. And it's really, you don't, like you said, you, you'll get to spend more time with your kids and you don't have to stress about, you know, are you going to, uh, is some, someone going to shoot you in the face or, um, (laughs) am I going to just, am I going to live this boring life of like clocking in at this place that I don't like, you know, at a, at a warehouse or at a, wherever it is, you know, I mean, there's so many people that, you know, just day in and day out, they don't like what they're doing, but they won't switch. Um, what they're doing and it's I think you documenting that is is you know it's good it's, it's inspirational you know and, and it can 
making money as well. I mean, yeah, you're not doing it for money. And that's, I think that's probably the, the, the factor that will lead to you maybe making money from it because that's not your goal. Your goal is to document and, and show people what's, what, what there is out there. But, um, I think that's fucking, fucking awesome. That's all I gotta say. Well, it, so proud of you. <laughs> well, let, let me give you a little like three minute masterclass on if you want my lifestyle. Okay. And, and this is, this is probably something that will, will shock you and on how, simplify how simple i'll i will make this and it's not this simple but i'm going to try and make it like three minutes long so this is what i want you to do if you have a job right now and you see yourself in five ten years of being maybe wealthy or maybe maybe retiring early this is what you got to do one you got to read rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki and it'll open your mind up to a different world and it'll kind of teach you how to play the game and the game is not very difficult but it's never explained in in formal education, especially in public education, something run by the government. The government is trying to train employees, not entrepreneurs, not investors. They're not doing that. They write the tax code for you to do that, but no one has ever explained to you the tax code. What I want you to do is if you're in this nine to five, I want you to just go and start learn. I want you to read that book, but I also want you to start learning about any asset class that pays you a monthly, um, a monthly fee okay, for not doing anything. Okay, and that might sound weird to to most people. And you can do it in buying real estate. You could buy it. You could do it buying businesses. You can you can invest in like a small portion of businesses that actually cash flow and pay you monthly. Um, I would start educating yourself in those aspects and give yourself five ten years because it's going to take that long. Like many people ask me, like, "Holy shit, you did this in a couple of years." What you don't realize is for the 10 years I worked in law enforcement, I had been putting money into a savings, not a savings, but like a retirement fund that when I quit, I cashed out. So like when most people that are involved in, in a county or government work at a certain age, they get a retirement. Well, when I retire, you know, or at that retirement age, I'm not going to get that because I already took that money out. And the reason why I took that money out is because I could buy something that would pay me monthly, that would pay me more money than I would get when I retired, if that makes any sense. So I would really focus on buying or buying or investing in cash flowing assets that pays you monthly so that someday, okay, and maybe maybe it'll be one year, maybe be three, four, five, whatever, however fast you want to go do this, it will replace your income. And when I say my wife quit her job, it's because our cash flowing assets made the same amount as we were making while she and I were working. Okay. And if you can, if you were living on that before you can live on it, you know, now without working and then you'll get your time back. And that's the ultimate goal is to be able to buy your time back, to be able to work on whatever the hell you want. If you like, you know, if you know, my son right now loves building things out of popsicle sticks. Okay. If you, if you invest enough that it pays you every single month, a dividend, a, you know, uh, some type of cash flowing real estate, maybe maybe a cash flowing business that pays you a you know a monthly income that you can live on. Then you can start working on things that you're passionate about, and that's when you know you can focus your time and effort on things that are fun. For me, it's you know hanging out with my family every day, uh, traveling the world, um, you know doing this podcast weekly, being able to play golf, you know in some of the most beautiful best places in the world. Um, and, the, and that's kind of the avenue and that's kind of the three to five minute, you know, masterclass on how to get where we're at. It took a long time and it took me being incredibly disciplined and not buying a bunch of fancy shit. I, you know, I had a truck for literally 12 years, the same truck, this piece of shit truck that was falling apart around me. And 
you know, and that was the sacrifice. I, I didn't have a car payment. So I was able to take that money and put it into a retirement account, which then compounded. And I was able to cash out and buy three different properties with. So it's something where I had the intuition and maybe some good luck and maybe just me being really cheap, um, you know, made me to be able to have this life at this very moment. But it's something that's incredibly doable. You just have to be patient. You got to educate yourself. But most importantly, you have to take action. You cannot sit on the sidelines and just go, is that a good deal? Is that a good deal? I don't know. Fucking sometimes you just got to go all in and go, fuck it. Like it's either going to work or not work. And I might've just wasted five years of my life. But most of the time, like 99% of the time, if you've done your, if you've done your homework, you've done your due diligence, you've invested the time and, and, and money and the effort into actually educating yourself, you're going to, you're going to know when a deal hits you. And if you surround yourself with good enough people, um, you know, my, my mentor's advice was if you don't fucking buy it, I'm going to, and I go, Oh, that sounds pretty good. That's pretty good advice. You know, your mentor's willing to put up the cash, uh, you know, instead of you, it's, it's, you know, maybe a good idea to invest. And speaking of taking action, if you've made it this far, please take some action and share, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review on our show. Uh, we would appreciate it. We're trying to grow the show just like growing everything. We're, we're on our personal development uh, journeys, our entrepreneurship journeys. So we're, we're, we're trying to document them. And, and part of that is, you know, hoping that anything, something we say, something we've done will help those out there. So, uh, like I said, share, like leave a comment, leave a review. We appreciate it. Um, JC, I, I like this, uh, these last two episodes, they've been fun asking it's, questions it's of each different. other, you know, it is, it is different. And I think, uh, this is going to shoot us into, uh, doing some more, uh, interview, uh, style podcasts, getting guests, uh, on here. Um, so we can just have, you know, a, another, another kind of part of our show, you know, uh, obviously of course we like talking about our journeys, but finding out more about others and their journeys and where they are and how they started and, and what they did. And, and there's so many ways to do things. So I, I think that's going to really bring a lot of value to the audience. Um, you know, getting us, getting some, uh, some guests on the show. We're, we're going to do some interviews. We're going to do this. Um, so I hope everyone's going to look forward to uh, that, you know, uh, hearing some stories of other people. Well, you didn't even ask the most important question. What books I recommend or podcasts? Come on, man. <laughs> you forgot. That was like the one of the most, that was like the thing I was stressing out about the most. Oh, my God. I, you know, we haven't had that, uh, you know, because we, we've done a specific episode on those two things. But, you know, it's been a really long, that was like, that was probably over a year ago. So, uh, yeah, my, you know. My, so, JC, what are your uh, top books right now, your top podcasts? Well, it, so for anyone that is... Uh, so one of the one of the books that I absolutely enjoy, I reread probably once a year. It's called Influence: uh, The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert B. Caldini. Um, fucking mind blowing book. It will absolutely change your outlook, especially if you're in sales, marketing, that kind of thing, um, or just persuasion. Like if you're buying a car or buying a house, like there's things in there that will absolutely just blow your mind. And then one of the other books that I think uh, everybody should should read. Uh, think and grow rich, uh, you know, absolutely by Napoleon Hill, um, changed my life. Um, and then the podcast that I'm like, I'm a deep dive on is probably, uh, my first million. Um, it's by a couple guys who, uh, I respect quite a bit. Um, I've met one of them and, um, it's, 
the reason why I suggest that podcast is because it's different. It's it's two individuals who are not in my world for the most part, and they are the type of people who I like to surround myself with. People who are doing different things that I can learn from, um, because oftentimes, like the people you surround yourself with, are the people who you have the most in common with. And I think oftentimes, like it's really unique to surround yourself with people who have a different outlook on life, maybe a different political view, or maybe a different education level or maybe a different like background. Um, that's probably the podcast I would recommend. And then uh, I think that what, did you ask another question? What? I can't remember. Uh, just the, just the books and podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. And then also, I mean, you got to listen to the action Checkers podcast and subscribe to, uh, you know, uh, the adventures three on our YouTube channel, but you know, I'll put, I'll put, I'll, put, you know, shameless plug. I'll put those links below. We will, we will have those in the, uh, in the uh, description. Yeah. The description. Um, so you can check them out. Um, JC. Oh, one thing we probably don't, where, where can, uh, you know, where can people find you on, on your socials? Uh, you can anywhere oh. at JC Cardinelli, C A R D I N A L E, um, on all channels. I don't post regularly cause I suck at social media. Um, that's the one thing that like I, it's on my new year's resolution. It's always like post, share more on social media. Like your message is valuable. And then I'm like, I fucking hate open these apps. Um, if I, if anyone's listening and wants to, uh, wants a job, I am looking for a, like not a personal assistant, but someone that's willing to post shit for me. Um, I've tried to find people, I've tested people out and some of them just are idiots. And, uh, but if you're not an idiot and you do want that, I will pay you to make more social, not make social media posts. I can make them. I don't have a problem doing that. I have a problem posting them for some reason. So, um, yeah, you can email me. The, the link will be below or, or DM me on any of these social media platforms. I still check the DMs. So, yeah. yeah. So, Nate, where, where can they find you? Huh? OnlyFans uh, at NateAlva.com? Well, <laughs> no, not there. Uh, but, yeah, at NateAlva for uh, Instagram. Uh, check out my uh, website, my business website, alvasolutions.net. And uh, yeah, it's you know two places you can get a hold of me. Uh, but man, this, this was a great episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, you know asking you the hard hitting questions. And uh, yeah, Till can't next wait time. for our next one. Take some action. Ah, right, buddy, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. All right. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. And take what's ours.